Hello and welcome to this week's French Football Weekly podcast. I am your host, Chris, and this is the podcast that would 110% try Panenka over Walter Benitez and probably fail. Anyway, we've got a lot to uh, chat about. We seem to say that every week, I, I suppose, but we do have two rounds of Liga matches to discuss this week. So we're going to kind of uh, go with a bit of a format of um, of glossing results into two batches together, as it were, and see where we end up in the middle. And we're going to have a little bit of a, a roundtable about the, the potential championship or uh, championship race, I should say, and the fight for survival down at the bottom. So in order to do that, I need people with me. So uh, hello, Jez. Hello, Phil. Hi. Hello. Right. Uh, just before we get into the weekend's action, um, we're not going to sort of go heavily into this, but we just wanted to pay our respects to the uh, grounds person, uh, Johan, I believe his name was, who worked at Lorient. Um, there was a very unfortunate accident which occurred after their defeat at uh, home to Rennes yesterday, which ultimately cost him his, his life and um, it's just very very sad there's been a lot of really touching tributes um, I've noticed through Instagram a lot of teams I noticed a really nice piece from Brest in particular who put out a statement about it um, just really sad when when somebody who you know is working behind the scenes or at any level at any club passes away but in such tragic circumstances I just want to say it's it's uh, sort of our heartfelt condolences to those involved with that so um yeah, Godspeed. Let's um, bring back to the football then. So last week, 16th of December, uh, last Wednesday, we had a full round of fixtures. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to read through those results and then we'll kind of uh, move on to the weekend and then harp back, if you will, to these games. So we saw Angers lose at home to Strasbourg. Another good win on the road for Strasbourg there, Diao and Ajork with the two goals. We saw Lille continue their impressive form at the top with uh, Yusuf Yuzici, speaking of which, and Timothy Weyer with a second two goals to beat uh, Dijon, who are having all sorts of problems. Again, more on those later. We, uh, we saw Jez fill Derby go Jez's way with uh, Leia penalty and Maiga with a late second to beat Montpellier. That's a little bit of a turn up in that one, but um, well worthy of the result in the end. Uh, nice actually got a win. Hang out the tra- hang out the uh, hang out the bunting and play the, the trumpets. A win away from home. Alexis Claude Maurice and Dan and Doy with late strikes after Morgan Schnudelin had seen red for two bookable offences. A good win that for Nice. We saw Rouse beat not three two at home in a game which I never thought I'd say would, would have been a thriller, but that's how it turned out to be. Nico Palwa opened the scoring for Nantes before. Toure, Bolidia and Safaro got around, turned around in a 3-1 advantage. Ludo Blas got one back late on for Nantes, but it wasn't enough. We uh, also saw Bordeaux-Saint-Étienne, actually a very entertaining affair. Again, probably wouldn't have seen that one coming, but Nordan putting Saint-Étienne in front for Huang Hongzhou got the equaliser and uh, Nupa with the goal to win the game in the end for Saint-Étienne with 15 minutes to go. Leon somewhat stumbled uh, after their win in Paris. They drew at home to Brest. I think both Jez and Phil said this one would be worth a watch, and it certainly was a 2-2 draw. Anthony Lopez credited with the own goal for the opener for Brest for Memphis Depay's penalty. Max Cornet got Leon in front with just 10 minutes to go. Uh, Paul Lesnar had been sent off for Brest, we should say, at this point before Roman Favre, who else, scored a retaken penalty in the 93rd minute. So, story there for Brest. Uh, Monaco, very surprising result this one. Lons continuing their excellent mm. season. 
a 3-0 win, um, albeit uh, Axel de Sassi saw red in the 23rd minute, which played quite a big part. But uh, Ismail Asilla, Banza and of course Gail Kakuta, who else have got the goals for Lons. A really, really good away performance for them. Nobody will be surprised to know that Lorient lost to PSG, but it was a little closer than it probably could have been. Uh, Kylian Mbappe with the penalty, uh, Moise Ken adding a second 10 minutes after that. Uh, Gravillon had been dismissed just uh, after half time, which uh, in the incident which led to the penalty. Um, but yeah, very much not quite the full story having watched that game. Lorient were in it for long periods, but PSG had enough. And finally, Rennes beat Marseille 2-1. Pepe Gouet putting Marseille in front before then getting himself sent off for two bookable offences. And the game changed on that before Traore and Unu got the late winner for Rennes. Much needed win for Julien Stefan's men. Which uh, led us into the weekend just gone's fixtures. Um, I'm going to give you both uh, a little bit of love for your teams before we go into our main talk. Uh, Jez first, 2-0 win for Mets at home to Lons, following up the, uh, the Phil Jez derby. Um, two really good results for, for Mets in, in the past week and getting uh, Bulaya with the goals. And as we head into one more round of fixtures to go this, uh, this particular calendar year, sitting in 10th, um, slightly above expectations, Jez. Are you fairly, fairly happy with that so far? Yeah, extremely happy. Um, I didn't sort of relatively quietly confident that Meth wouldn't be in a relegation fight this year, although that all depended on whether Nian would be able to find the net regularly, which he did, although then he got really badly injured, so all the same worries resurfaced. But generally, I think, yeah, I was expecting sort of um, relative comfort, but within the bottom half of the table. And I still think that's where we'll end up. I mean, even after this midweek, we won't be 10th because our squad really is decimated. So mm. we've got no chance against Ren. But um, uh, we're, we're doing what we can with what we've got. I mean, there's been a lot of criticism, not so much from Montpellier fans, but certainly from Lance's stuck-up fans um, about how... It, it was, Mess are playing very similarly at the moment to Deschamps France in that they're sort of uh, playing defensively, soaking up lots of pressure and then hitting teams on the break. And Lance are reacting to it very much like Belgium reacted to losing the World Cup semi-final. Well, we're the moral victors because we played all the beautiful football blah, 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 all that bollocks. Mess did what they needed to do. Um, they had more of the chances actually in the first half. Um, and I think in, in both matches, it might not have been pretty to watch, but you know we don't have the riches of PSG or Lyon. Added to that, we have a hell of a lot of injuries, including our main striker. So you do what you can, and we're still being effective. We're being solid in defence. Kuyate has been given his chance and has been fantastic the last couple of matches. And we are, we're not prolific at all, but we've put chances away. We've got a little bit of class and guile in terms of, of Bulaya. Um, and I don't really have complaints. Obviously, everyone would love to play champagne football, but it's a lot easier said than done. And, and they're in the business of, of winning matches and staying up. And if we're not going to, if by being open and trying to play beautiful possession football with all your best players out, um, you leave yourself 
vulnerable to 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 being picked off by the other team, then you're an idiot. Um, obviously, if you're a Leeds fan or if Bielsa's your manager, then all bets are off and you can do what you want. And it doesn't matter how stupid or naive you are, you're still a god, apparently. <laughs> but Antonetti doesn't quite get the same, um, you know, get a, a free pass that Bielsa does. And so, uh, yeah, really, really happy with, with how it's going. But yeah, I think we've got five major injuries three suspensions plus Antonetti himself suspended on Wednesday. So not expecting anything at all from that. No, no, fair dues, but as you say, certainly outperforming expectations. And um, Phil, in terms of your Montpellier charges, 2-2 draw yesterday with Grass, really entertaining game actually. Uh, it, it, was, it was enjoyable chaos, I mm. think uh, you say, because, well, the first half was pretty pretty dull. Um, It started with some pyro because the Brest fans had put a birthday card up for uh, one of their ultras and there was hail. Um, And so that first half was not good. Um, But uh, Montpellier went ahead just in injury time before that and then um, they'd clearly had a word had with them, as had Brest. Uh, Philippe Otto got the equaliser on 58 minutes, and then Chardonnay um, put them ahead on 79. But then uh, Delors uh, got the, the final equaliser for it to be 2-2. I think... Given that the first goal, I think, was a Laborde header from a Delort cross, there's lots of rumours that Laborde will be leaving in yeah. the uh, January window because of financial issues, because of TV staff and stuff. And, oh, my Lord, will we miss him. Yeah. Those two, Delort and Laborde, are uh, just... Uh, a team that works really well. And it's brilliant. Obviously, um, Molle is still a very, very good player for Montpellier. But if Laborde goes, that will be a big loss. So it was an extremely enjoyable match to watch. If you weren't invested in either team, possibly even more enjoyable... I was having kittens throughout most of the second half, um, but it was, uh, I think we've got a situation where Brest are, I think, 11th and um, Montpellier 6th. Both play really good football, so I know that's not the end game, but it does mean that it's nice to watch and so that being part of um, uh, a large number of games we saw over the weekend was was really nice so yeah yeah, yeah I, I must admit I am um, I had to take the dog for a walk at uh, at half time so or just, I left just before half time so I missed basically you missed all the best the bit yeah the thing. <laughs> exactly yeah which is the first half was mostly weather 
Yeah, I saw the the referee actually called a halt to the game briefly as well. I couldn't work out whether it was for the fireworks. Oh, or that the was for, I think that was for the pyro. For yeah, the, seemed a bit of a, a happy strange birthday answer. thing. Yeah, but happy birthday anyway. Yes, absolutely. Whoever. So, um, so far, your your guys' teams are doing uh, fantastically. More on mine a little later, sadly. <laughs> um, but nevertheless, we'll um, we'll look at the the title picture first of all. There's a couple of results just to fill in. Um, in the middle, which I'll come on to in a second, but we're going to focus on the title race first of all, and then have a look at the bottom after that. Um, let's uh, let's look at the title picture then. The Jazz, I'll come to you first of all. The, the big game of the weekend was obviously Lille PSG. Um, Lille off the back of that two-nil win against Dijon. PSG similarly off the back of the two-nil win over Lorient. This um, this was a, a very chess-playing type of fixture, wasn't it? Last night, lots of tactical play. Not a lot of quality in the final third from either side. Bit disjointed, and it probably saw the tackle of the season from Presnel Kimpembe of all of all people. Um, I do think quite a few people are slightly missing the fact that he was horribly out of position as the ball was played. But we'll skate over that because he did recover extremely well. In, in credit to him, because he was injured in the process, so that uh, seemed to stop a certain goal. But a nil-nil draw, and it was just one of those games, wasn't it? Classic. You expect it to be thriving and full of goals and, and it was just cagey and neither team wanted to lose. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't actually say, I didn't think it was that cagey. I know, you know, one way of looking at it is that it was very defensive. I don't, I, I think it was one of those matches where actually it wasn't necessarily defensive. It's just that the defences were on top. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah. I think Lille, you know, Gautier, I think was right in saying, you know, sometimes if you're not playing well, the important thing is to know how to not lose. And although Lille were at home, and so, you know, this is a very good chance for them, I think actually probably it was a better result for them than for than for PSG. Because um, certainly PSG, the attacking that did happen, PSG certainly had the best chances. They were more in control. I think Lille actually looked pretty tired in this match. Um so I thought there was a lot of quality on show. Just, yeah, defences were definitely on top. I mean, Kimpembe, it was an absolutely superb tackle, but, you know, shame on Yilmaz. It was four against one. He should yeah. never have had the chance to put that tackle in. Um, but it was fantastic. Um, Keane had a couple of good chances for, for, for PSG. Um, Botman, I just, I think is fantastic. Um, just keeps uh, growing, doesn't he? Yeah, maybe Arsenal should sign him in the summer. Um, don't even talk about that word. <laughs> well, you're, don't worry, you're going to get a win this weekend. Um, I doubt it. <laughs> well, you're playing Brighton, so... Again, um, I doubt it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I suppose I read somewhere that the real winners were Lyon, and yeah, you could probably mm. have my say to that. But I don't think either team will be too upset because, as you said, probably the most important thing was not to lose. So PSG is still well up there. You know, they certainly didn't suffer the, the sort of ignominy of, of the 5-1 of a couple of years ago, for example. Um, and Lille have shown that... Actually, I think both of them don't have great records so far this season against the other teams around them. Mm. But, you know, as long as they're doing the business against the other teams and they're both going to stay up there and, and mm. um, you know, probably the, the winter break is probably coming at a very good time for both clubs. I mean, PSG had, I think, sustained three more injuries at the end of the match, although one of them was caused by 
I think it was Florenzi being taken out of the game by Herrera. So yeah. less sympathy there, seeing as it was his own teammate who injured him. Like I said, Lil, I think, just looked like some of them need a bit of a rest. So it was quite a nice result that leaves everything well poised, I guess. And sort of for the neutral, sort of um, Constantina's everything up that little bit more. Um, so at the moment, there's one point between the three of them with Marseille a little bit behind, but with two games in hand. So, yeah, it's really well set up for the second half of the season. Yeah, yeah. I that I mean, the I think all the three injuries we're talking about all happened in uh, injury time. Yeah. So you got Kazar out, Florenzi out, and possibly Kimpembe out, and that takes out uh, that takes out the fullbacks basically. Kazar um, yeah. being out possibly a bonus in some respects. But well, yeah. it, you can be glib about that and I will be but um another body isn't it? that that is problematic mm. that they took those I think all in injury time as I said it's like you see out a game like that and then you lose three players potentially in the last couple of minutes is not good because there is, as we keep saying, one more game before the winter break, which will be shorter than the normal winter break. So uh, we've still got a bit of a, a situation there. Yeah, could be could be awkward for and, them. Uh, and a lot of obviously Champions League to prepare for, even though it's quite a way away. You think that PSG will have that very much on their minds as they head into into yeah. that sort of second half of the season as well. It's going to be where their their focus is. Um, does that sort of open the door? I mean, we'll, we'll talk about... I'll give I'll give Jez the, 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 uh, the link of Marseille in a minute, but does that give Leon this chance of filming? We mentioned they they were... Uh, they mentioned the Penenka penalty from uh, Dubai, which was incredibly <laughs> fortunate, I thought, but um, he opened the scoring. Tino Cadawera, who's really coming of age, is talking to... Uh, Lana about this today, and I'm saying he reminds me this season of what Dembele was last season. Seems like he's broken through, and he was great again. He got a goal and an assist to Togo Kambe, and who somehow while getting the fourth, Guiri had briefly pulled Nice back into the game. Nice actually were in the game um, at 2 1, but then kind of shot themselves in the foot to concede the breakaway third. Leon, the more I'm watching it, I, I can't now say they're not impressing me because they are actually yeah. starting to impress me and, and, they're and in I this think race. Uh, one interesting thing that obviously our our friends at um, Get France Football um, have been struggling with people uh, tweeting them with our news, our news, our news and he scores the fourth yeah. um, they're probably hating that situation but yeah Leon are second off Lille only on goal difference, which is only one, they're on a really good run. Yeah. And yeah, this is it's interesting now. We talked before about the being potentially a, a title race, but having three teams on thirty three or thirty two is I think 
different than what we were expecting. And Marseille being on 28, being the next team down, but having two games in hand, it, this is this is shaping up to be a good uh, a good run. So really exciting to see what everybody does up there. Yeah, it's, it's just it's, it's just it's just about getting consistent. We were that, that's that's why it's, it's just it almost feels like you just want one team to to go on a run essentially and and put some distance between oh well, no them I and want PSG. them all to all to do oh, all of them would be lovely yeah yeah that don't would be get me great. wrong yeah don't get me wrong um, <laughs> what about Marseille I think in terms of I think for Lyon they're just it's the usual thing with Lyon isn't it they they kind of go through phases of being great and then awful and and you wonder if that the current Lyon are possibly going to be better as as kind of coming from behind rather than front runners. I guess, I guess we'll find that out in the next week or two, maybe. But um, uh, at the moment, they're purring. I mean, Paqueta has looked fantastic mm-hmm. the last few weeks, and although it was a breakaway goal, I just I really enjoyed Lyon's third because it was just the fantastic pass by Depay, then a. Mm-hmm. Um, Cadawera squaring to to Toko Akambi. It was just it just showed that the understanding that there seems to be between those front three. And you mentioned Dembele the, earlier. I think the problem with him is that he is a number nine. He's a fox in the box, but he's not very mobile and he doesn't do much else. Yeah. And I think that's where he's losing out because all the other three can play down the middle. They can play on the flanks. They can do a little bit of everything. And so there's a lot more sort of fluidity. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, at the moment, as things stand, they're looking good. Alwar is going through one of his his fortnights where he gives a shit. Um, yeah, yes, he scored. It was a tap-in from a yard after the keeper dropped it, so let's not get too excited. But um, Yeah, tell I see the that people on Twitter, Jess. Tell the people on Twitter. Yeah, well, not just Twitter. I mean, in The Guardian, apparently, he's one of the top 80 footballers in the world, which is bullshit. Um, and about Kedjabur 50 places is higher than Griezmann. The top 100. I'm Sorry? so cross with that. They did the top uh, 100 women's players. Ada Hegerberg wasn't there. Seems a strange, strange choice. Well, because she's been out injured this year, but I know, but still. Mm. <laughs> well, likewise, I would say Griezmann is still not the yeah. 95th worst footballer of this year. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, Lyon actually, if anything, after this week, should really be cursing Anthony Lopez because I I think he's superb. I genuinely think he's one of the most underrated players in Europe. I think the number of times he saves Lyon is unbelievable. And I've never got too involved in other fans really coming down hard on him for sort of steaming out of his area and injuring people and all the rest of it. But I don't know what he was doing against mm. Brest in the last minute or an injury time the other day. He was lucky not to get sent off. Nim got, uh, Brest got the equalising penalty. And if it wasn't for that, Lyon could be two points clear at the top, which would mean even clear of Marseille, even if Marseille win both their games in hand. As it is, they're still in a great position, but it could be better. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was it was madness, wasn't it? He just had one of those. I think that's the only thing that stops him from being rated as one of the very best. He just has those moments, um, not quite Pickford levels, but it's kind of just has those moments. Um, well, the difference is he's also a good keeper the rest of the time. <laughs> yeah, that's also true and can catch and, and isn't completely nuts. But yeah, agreed on that one. Well, what about just Mark? on that, yeah, Hantetian to Neem to. Yes. I mean entertaining by the way that one um, also also chaos after the um breast montpellier situation but that was not a game for the purists possibly no it's, it's a good a good uh, a good affair that one um i thought i might rope that into talk down at the bottom but it's just one other club i want to look at at the top end um as I'm giving you the hot potato of Marseille, uh, Phil. Sort of, um, I'm feeling a bit bad here to leave Ren out, but I am going to leave them out of the title picture because although they're on the same points as Marseille, Marseille have those two games in hand, so I'm going to just keep it to four clubs. Is Marseille kind of they they drew basically that this was kind of the game they needed to win really to keep up the pressure. It was a home game; they're expected to win. They draw at home to Rams, Nagatomo with an own goal before Tovan got the leveler. They pushed and pushed, but couldn't blow the house in. Is is this exactly why we can't? So we can't consider Marseille as a title challenger. But is this the reason why Marseille probably won't ultimately stay in this race because of results like this? Um, I mean, I, oh god, I just saw Burnley are winning. Sorry. Um, <laughs> um, that's really put me off. I don't know if it's results like this or performances. Um, I think Villas Boas is properly losing the plot. I mean, this week he basically followed a journalist into the car park and and challenged him to a fight. Um, what did you do? And Tovan, after the match um, at the weekend, basically criticised the team and the setup and the tactics and said it's all too negative. Um, so I, I feel like it's not the results in themselves, but it just feels there's stuff going on around the results. And uh, um, it's concerning because on the one side, as, as, as we said, win their two games in hand and they're top. So things aren't as bad as all that. And they're up there despite still playing bad football. So you could say, well, if this is what they're doing, playing badly, and you said pushed and pushed. I mean, generally this season they haven't been pushing. They've been sort of scraping a 1-0 win with about two shots on target per match. You could say if they're doing that when playing badly, then once once it clicks and they start playing well, then God help everyone else. But you do get the feeling that um, they've been sort of winging it a little. and Maybe gradually being found out the last couple of matches and it's hard to see that them being able to sustain a title push but then it's been hard to see them sustaining it up till now and they have done so yeah. I, I don't want to kind of say well, anything stupid that will, yeah that will come back and bite me but all does not seem well there and Villas Boas you know what was so great last year was that he was such a good leader and he rallied everyone around him and he was pretty chilled and he gave these you know very cool press conferences and and tempered everyone's expectations and all the rest of it whereas this year he's just yeah it looks like nuts again. That, that, you know steam coming out of his ears and could lose it at any moment 
that's the difference. It was chill last year and definitely not chill this yeah. time. I mean, and, and you need to be of, that. Some right? of this stuff, I mean, you can laugh at it as a, as a neutral, but as Jess says, it's getting a little bit weird. Mm. Which is obsessive oh, almost, great. especially with the journalists. It's becoming a bit of a media, you know, managers don't usually last too long if they start picking fights with the media. Um, it's almost as strange as reading out stats and press conferences, but I won't go there. It, it is, um, yeah, it, it does seem like a slightly strange approach to take when, you know, do that when you've won won a league or do that when you've pushed PSG all the way and then say, look, you know, you question But also, they they were in a really good place mm. when he started doing this. Yeah. And th I think that's what concerns me most is, as Jess says, we've got, they've got two games in hand. And he starts picking fights when they are top three. And it's like, that's really... A slight, uh, a strange situation. Yeah, doesn't doesn't seem like a doesn't seem like a, a sensible time to be to be doing so. No. But um, yeah, it is a bit of a weird flex. I think I'm going to say. But um, nevertheless, we say so we have got a title race on um, in terms of uh, where we are right now. We will run down the fixtures that are coming this midweek in a moment. But before we do that, let's um, let's go down to the bottom. Um, and um, yeah, this is getting this is getting interesting now. Dijon are the only club still with with a, a lower uh, single digit um, tally for the season. They've won once, um, drawn six, and lost nine. Do you give them much hope, Phil, in terms of uh, sort of getting themselves no. out of this? No, I mean it's, they lost yesterday to Monaco, by the way, one 0 It's uh, the. The teams above them are not that far above them points-wise. But they are all have uh, positive vibes to them. Yeah. And I don't see that with Dijon. And no. that's sad. But I think they will struggle. I think they're already struggling. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, but to get anywhere up points, they need goals. That's the thing. There's just such a lack of, of attacking. Yeah, they've scored what was it nine? Nine so goals. Far? Yeah. yeah, and conceded twenty five, which is actually the the, the lowest tally of conceded goals up to fifteenth. Yeah, it doesn't matter if they you're not scoring. just can't score. Yeah, and so that means that we talk about. Talk about and Brest having good, you know, uh, good styles of football. You could say that about Reims, you could say that about Strasbourg, you could even say that about Nîmes. Um, Dijon just seemed to be dying on their asses. It isn't like you, you know. There isn't a lot of sort of based upon what I've seen in them, which will be it's been fairly limited. But they they just don't seem to be a side that that you feel confident can keep the back door shut. If they were to even get a goal no. ahead, you feel like they're always going to concede. Um, they can't keep the back door shut. They can't open the front door. Yeah, they, which is a pretty bad. Concept. They just can't. 
They just can't. Yeah, and they just that's can't. The, <laughs> the problem we've got at this situation, which is almost halfway through the season. Yeah. So. And I think they they steadied the ship a little, and to be fair, the last couple of matches. I mean, losing there's yeah. no shame in losing to Lille, but Monaco. I mean, if Canate missed an absolute sitter, if he scored that, then it might have been different. So, and, and sort of by, you know, in the same way that we're saying Marseille are up there despite playing badly, Dijon have not been mm. cut cut loose despite only one win. And I'm, as you I'm said, they're not conceding a lot, so it wouldn't take that much that, of an upturn in form. But they I still are think. still not doing what it takes to take three points when they could do. The one thing that's like I say, the last two games they lose. Okay, that's acceptable, but so many games before and they haven't got the win. And no. that's the that's the problematic situation for them. The, the one thing that is slightly in their favour, um, I'll, I'll group just a couple of teams together here uh, for you, Jess, because I've, I've kind of put them all in the same bracket. When you look at... Um, when you look at... Oh, I'm going to leave... Am I going to include Strasbourg? I'm going to leave Strasbourg out for a minute. If you look, if you look at Nîmes and Lorient as a, as a pair, first of all... Um, as much as it sort of breaks my heart to say, I watched Lorient yesterday and, and they lost at home to Rennes by three goals to nil, which is pretty bad in itself. It wasn't really a three-goal game. Silver, Bruyer and Terrier with the goals. It really sort of once it went two nil, Lorient gave up the ghost and the third Julie arrived. But it was one of those games where you just looked at it and thought, there isn't, there isn't a lot of, of green shoots here. Uh, Lorient look, look like a side that are very easy to get at at the moment and there isn't a lot going forward. And in terms of Nîmes, despite that accreditable draw they got, um, as we sort of mentioned earlier on this week, it, it didn't. Uh, it doesn't really help sort of their their situation when was it their one one? That's their first draw. Sorry, and having lost four on the spin. Um, do you put those two sort of in the same kind of category? I mean, they did, did get two two goals at St Etienne Nîmes in, in terms of them, but uh, yeah, just just Nîmes and Lorient, they're both to me, seem like two clubs that, again, really high concession rates and not scoring enough goals. Is it a, a case that we are, we're, we're looking at these three as, as the, the standout um, teams to watch in terms of the lower end? Or are there clubs above them that you think actually are still in that mix? Uh, I, I think it's going to be those three. Um, mm. I think... Well, actually, I, I can see Nantes being dragged in, if anyone. That's the one I look at, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Stra- Strasbourg, I think, will just about be okay. And Rass, I'd be really shocked if they stay anywhere near down there. Mm. Um, but yeah, not, not to the ones that just seem to have very little going right at the moment, on or off the pitch. And I think it's, it's really yeah. rubbing off. It's, I'm not going to say it's kind of Toulouse levels, but there's kind of similarities. Because mm. um, they... Because uh, they fired the manager they've got the ultras outside giving it large to Keita and they got a 94th minute equaliser against Angers at the weekend 
I you'd think that, they'd be on the up. But those, that combination of things does not make you confident. Yeah. My concern with Lorient and Nice, I think, I mean, there's similarities. I just think, I think Lorient are very, it's going to sound really patronising, so I apologise for this, but I mean, everything about them is a very nice club and they play very nice football, but there's not, you just feel like there's a bit of a soft middle there and, and you know, they've got a couple of players like a whistle or a hammer who can, who can score the odd goal and, and play nice, nice football in the middle. But I just, I worry that there isn't enough sort of uh, nastiness about them to get through. No, I agree. And then Nîmes is just all, it's all very random. It's kind of, we're going to go gung-ho and we might win, we might not. We'll probably concede lots, we might score lots too. Um, and it's not, I just worry that it's not sustainable. I feel like, you know, last year they got a bit lucky because there was no relegation playoff. And it's just going to be sort of, you know, pot luck whether, you know, when it comes down to week 38, if they're still in it, whether they happen to win that last match 3-2 or lose it 3-2 sort of thing. You wouldn't you wouldn't be surprised to see one of those two eventualities. I just, you know, if if, if I was betting on a team if I had to watch a match for my life, I would consider watching Nîmes. But if I was, if I had to bet on a team to win to save my life, I would never put the money on Nîmes. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Have I think a that's after the, um, <laughs> the players they lost in the summer. They are not scoring, and that is that is after Dijon. They are the next worst because they've lost those players who were getting them out of trouble. Yeah, and that and that is the theme, isn't it? If you you know you, you've got to defend better, of course, but if you're conceding goals on a regular basis, you're going to be you're going to be down there. I do tend to agree with you both. I think Strasbourg will will probably have enough. Their form has been very good of late, and. Um, that win in midweek was was really good uh, away at Angers. Um, they did actually fall to defeat this weekend, should be stressed, which sort of, I wouldn't say undoes their uh, their good performances, but when you lose at home to Bordeaux and they allow them to score twice um, through Pablo and Octavio, both centre-halves, you know, things are not particularly great. Nantes, as you mentioned, that 94th minute equaliser from Troyore having fallen behind to Angers through Romain Thomas. You wonder how big that equaliser might actually prove to be in the long run because but another defeat, they would have been 13 points and right down there. You think about, obviously, what's happening on Wednesday because we've got a, a, a close uh, kind of Christmas uh, round Strasbourg are away at PSG, Nantes are away at Lyon. Yeah. That could also put that table back down in 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 a bunch of uh, bunch of confusion. Yeah, yeah. It's just a, it's almost like a it's almost like a mix where up of going? teams. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to look at that because um, that's kind of where I wanted to to wrap up the, the the review of this week. I wanted to look ahead at these fixtures because this is the, the final group of fixtures before the um, the end of the, the calendar year. We've got um, Bordeaux, Reims, Lens, uh, Lens, Brest, Nice, Lorient, Nîmes, Dijon, Rennes, Metz, Angers, Marseille, 
Lyon, Nantes, as you mentioned, Monaco, St Etienne, Montpellier, Lille, and PSG, Strasbourg. Um, just do you do you feel like particularly I look at that Lille game? Do you do you feel like mm-hmm. all three of those top, all all three of the top three, if you will? In fact, actually, I wrote Marseille and all three of the top four. Do you feel like they all realistically need to get a win? If for nothing else, to stay towards the top of the table at the end of the, the end, end of the year, but to go into the end of the year knowing that they're in this race, I, I sort of feel like if Lille, for example, were to drop points at Montpellier or Marseille were to go down well, to Angers, then that would. I mean, I I hope I'm not sounding too biased, but of the top three, Lille away to Montpellier sounds more problematic. It's the hardest. Um, yeah, it's the hardest of the three uh, fixtures. Yeah, I would potentially uh, say. Yeah. But do you what 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 do you what's your thoughts on that, Jess? Do you feel like that's a a fair thing to say that all four realistically need to win? I, th- I don't think need to win. I mean, it's certainly P- a PSG and Lyon because they're at home against struggling teams. I think it's it's going to be pretty embarrassing if either of them to, were to sort of end the year without a win. Mm-hmm. Um, Assuming that those two are going to win, then Marseille and Lille are obviously going to want to try to keep up with them. But there's no shame in, in losing away to Montpellier at all. Um, it's not an easy place to go. And Montpellier are playing very well this year. So, um, yeah, I'd, I think it would be a very good, very big statement if we're, if Lille were to, to come away from there um, with the three points. And it's a perfect way them to end the year and certainly give everyone else a, a, something to think about I think I think it's fair to say that they've been the most impressive team so far this season and and um, obviously you know you get what you deserve but I'm tempted to say that they they would sort of deserve that win because just because that I think they deserve to be right at or near the top um, you know I don't. I don't know if they're doing the sort of champion d'autumn this year, seeing as Marseille aren't going to be playing one of their games in hand until the twentieth of January, for example. But I, for me, Lille have been the you know kind of deserving of of being top halfway through the season. And if they don't win it, I don't think it's terminal for their chances at all. Um, in a way, I think Marseille's match is bigger because for all the reasons we've said and the fact that. Um, I'm right that they haven't. Yeah, they've looked, they haven't won either of their last two, or is it even three? Certainly two. Um, yeah, it's two, isn't it? Uh, frantically checks results. Yeah, so last two drawn a loss. Yeah. Yeah. So Angers, the way to Angers is a tricky match. I mean, they're they're, they're maybe you know as he said they they threw away two points the weekend, and then they're not necessarily. Um, the vintage Angers right now, but they're still it's still a difficult place to go and a difficult place to get points. And you just feel like because of the sort of it feels like Marseille aren't in a sort of psychologically brilliant place to if they were to come away without certainly without point, possibly possibly without even all three, then I just I think they they need to enter the winter break in a more positive frame of mind than the other three teams, if you know what I mean. Yeah, 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 I agree with that. And and do you think, just quickly stick with you as well, the the, the news about Lille's sort of sale, or it appears to be going going through uh, at the time of recording, uh, or has gone through, I should say, really, but 
D- does that change anything on or off the pitch? I mean, they said that Galtier's position is safe. I guess they would say that. Does that change anything potentially with their season as it stands, do you feel? I think yes and no. I mean, I, I, I actually heard a rumour that Galtier very, very nearly walked on Tuesday mm. night. I had the same, yeah. And I think that... I think he was probably going to leave in the summer anyway. Um, I think a couple of interviews that he's given recently have sort of suggested... Uh, you know, my stock's quite high at the moment. I'm potentially willing to stay if we can get the old band back together of, of me, Lopez and Campos. We'll mm. two, and even with one of them missing, it doesn't work. Well, now two of them are missing and he's the only one left. I don't think he's going to leave before the summer, but I think this makes it certain that he is going to leave in the summer. And, you know, whether it's spoken of at all or not, I think we always see that if if people know that a coach is leaving, whether it's for good or bad reasons, it does seem to affect the the squad. Mm. So, you know, feels like the Lille players love Galtier and they really play for him. So, hopefully, they'll sort of go one way and say, you know, we're gonna, you know, really go all out to give him the best possible send off. But there are, I, I am slightly concerned that it's more likely that there'll be a little bit of a drop-off at some point. Yeah, that's my worry. It's, it's the, what I call the Alex Ferguson syndrome. Um, just when you know something's happening, things just, for whatever reason, whether it's players take their eye off the ball or... Yeah, it's, it's, it's a strange one. Um, and and the, the suggestion is with this takeover that, that Lille's financial position is somewhat stabilised and they shouldn't need to sell players in January. I guess, depending on what happens with the TV deal we mentioned and everything else that goes with it, that will determine who or who doesn't sell players in January. Because I still feel like that's got a bit of a, a bit of a um, sort of time to run. I guess, but um, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, seems to be a lot going on there. We've heard that the Coupe de France is going to continue as well. We wanted to give that a mention, but as yet, we don't know the scheduling or it's... how it's all going to work. Well, they seem to have worked out a situation where it will be instead of the normal uh, kind of situation where leagues come in uh, step by step, that there will be um, a a bit like the Champions League. There'll Mm. be the professional, in inverted commas, Ligue 1, Ligue 2, track versus the amateur uh, track and then they'll meet up at some point but the uh, actual timing of when all of these games will take place is still a bit up in the air but I am sure that John Mainland will be out there with his camera yeah, and, and getting uh, getting all of this information for us when this is finally uh, yeah yeah absolutely yeah I think we'll we'll probably have that update for you um, in terms of sort of our next show um, or hopefully by the new year when we know a little bit more uh, so hopefully we'll be able to fill you in then that will be the we plan we also anyway. have the women's champions league that. Um, as expected, OL and PSG are both through. Yep. Uh, OL uh, beating Juve 6-2 on aggregate. 
and PSG beating Gornick 8-1 on aggregate. So they will be both going through to the uh, Wii Gems. So that's round of 16. And I think that's going to all be confirmed in February. So both French teams still in there on uh, the uh, Champions League as well. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. And um, and as we sort of said at the outset of the of the show, this is the the last round, a midweek round, and then we break for Christmas. Um, we haven't uh, yet discussed what we're going to do in terms of our next show. Um, obviously, it is that kind of the holiday season, so we'll have to kind of work out when our schedules will align. So if we're not back this time next week you know why uh, but we obviously with, with the light of those those fixtures there isn't going to be fixtures after this Wednesday uh, to talk about so even though it might be sort of slightly um, shall we say outdated uh, we'll still have plenty to discuss I'm sure from the midweek games it's not like there's going to be other games where it's going to change anything as it were so don't panic as it as we would say um, but yeah, I felt like we will leave it there for this week. I think we've um, I think we've done pretty well to get through so many fixtures and collaborate them into each other. Uh, hopefully, we will still have a title race uh, when we uh, when we do pod again. In terms of how close it is right now, I think we all agree what we'd like to like to see it stick the way it is. And uh, and of course, heading into twenty twenty one, not only do we hope that there'll be a title race, but we also hope that. Uh, "Quote unquote normal football will resume," and uh, with that in mind, of course, um, I'm sure both Phil and Jez would uh, echo my sentiments when we say that uh, whatever it is you do or don't celebrate this time of year, um, be safe, look after each other. Uh, in the absence of French football, maybe uh, maybe get out some DVDs or some VHSs, whichever is your preference, or we just scour the internet for some for some goal highlights to keep you entertained. And if all else fails, you've always got the best league in the world. I'm of course joking, but you know, the Premier League on. So <laughs> I, I, I put out a call earlier because I was wanting to find out what we could call this last uh, pre-Christmas uh, pod, and uh, I got to um, deck the halls with Basil Bolly. That also works. God bless um, Basil. Somebody else suggested Santa's Little Helpers. Oh, that's bad. That was Alexandre Monsieur. <laughs> uh, so basically, have a great time, everybody. We know it's weird. We know it's difficult. But it can still be cool. Yes, make um, the best of what just, you can. Basically. You know, we'll do what we can and we'll see you on the other side. Absolutely. And anything you want to add to that, Jez? Uh, no, just Merry Christmas <laughs> and as happy as possible holidays to everyone, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Holidays, remember those? Yeah, yeah. I, I echo those sentiments indeed. <laughs> but uh, until we speak to you again, as I say, uh, maybe next week, it may be the week after, just depending on what we can fit in. But uh, until we get to that stage, enjoy Wednesday's French football. Uh, hopefully, There'll be plenty to uh, to see you into the new year with. And uh, yes, indeed, we will be back with you before you know it. So stay safe, everybody. Thank you very much for tuning in, as always. And we'll speak to you very soon. <laughs>